Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, everybody. On this episode of Legends of Tomorrow After Show, we're going to break down the episode. It is like the Legends writers got inside a viewer's head and picked out all those special elements that would make their life complete if they ever saw it all together on a television screen. Unfortunately, that viewer was not me. So (laughs) we're going to break down season four, episode 11, Seance and Sensibility, next. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Ooh, Welcome Ooh. to the Legends of Toronto After Show. Starting it off with some cold burns. Ooh, yes. the beef is up top. <laughs> That's right. We're breaking down every episode of Legends of Tomorrow, airing Monday nights on the CW. I'm Frank Moran. Hi, I'm Dave Child, everybody. Good and, to have you here. You know, great to have you here. Oh, this feels so good. But you know who's not here? Once again, Lex Michael. What is with him? He teases us. He teases he says, us. Oh, next week, guys. Next week I'll be there. Yeah. It's always breaking our hearts. Yeah. Nothing uh, made me sadder than to get that text with him about 45 minutes before we were going to do the show saying, ah, not going to be there tonight, guys. Yeah, everyone shame. F- follow uh, the mm-hmm. Lex Michael on Twitter and uh, just shame him. That's just say right. shame. That is correct. But as always, folks, uh, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And we are watching the chat and seeing you come in. So far, uh, Star Drew is killing it in the chat by saying, Frank, always the grumpy guy. And also, I think she is the one that said... Earlier, I feel like this episode was for Dave Child alone with all those sexy, eerie windows. The sexy, eerie windows. I'm not quite sure what you mean by that, but I do love a good, sexy, eerie window. Maybe uh, the mirrors? That's a, uh, yeah, so, Dave Child, let's just ask real quick. Yes. Uh, for you to read, to watch that episode of Legends of Tomorrow. To read or watch it. To read, yeah. and then uh, to watch it, and then come into the chat and read a statement that, like, this uh-huh. film, this episode feels like it was made for Dave Child alone. I, uh, well, you you kind of stole my thunder a little bit, because yeah. I think I believe I said to you yeah. <laughs> uh, that this episode felt like it was one person's dream episode. It felt like it was everything they love. Jane Austen, Bollywood, combine those with a creepy seance. All that stuff, and then they just loved it. It wasn't quite my thing. I did like, I liked a lot of the episode, actually. I liked a good, like, first half of the episode. I felt like it was moving strong. I I liked the Jane Austen stuff, and I actually liked the, kind of even the stuff with the finding out the, the Hindu god of love that they're dealing with. But, and also the seance. I mean, I feel like they had really solid. Uh, distribution of story and plot. There's just some fandom stuff that's in there. Some specific, like, Bollywood stuff that I'm just not familiar with. And so it just, it kind of weirds me out. <laughs> it kind of gets like, I'm not the type to, when when a show that isn't usually a musical bursts out into a musical number, unless it's like something that really gets me going, 
I'm not quite into it, and it just didn't it didn't hit for me. But like, well, you know, I, what, that I have to admit, in a way, that surprises me because for somebody that is in a dance troupe and does yeah. a, and has been in many many music videos dancing. That to, to watch an art form where part of it is celebrating music by oh, the dance. the dancing was great. The yes. dancing was great, and I really loved when we got into it. It just kind of felt like it was like, oh, fun. This is great. Oh, cool. It's Bollywood. I get it. That's cool. Oh, it's still going. <laughs> it's still... <laughs> they're still yes. doing it. And I kind of just wanted to move... And also, it's like, at this point, they were... I don't want to, like, really grump up this episode, because I the stuff I did like about it. But I, I felt like they had to... Because they had all this, like fun tricks at everything they have a hard time finding out when to put the real like dramatic stuff and they end up cramming it into like a very quick few minutes and it doesn't feel earned because they just want to rush to the goofy stuff and i love the goofy stuff the goofy stuff is what i come for i love the like it was a parody of of Jane Austen. It was a parody of Bollywood. That's actually the stuff I like and that I normally do. I'm kind of contradicting myself, but like I just <laughs> I like it when they do this stuff because it feels like like I brought up before Batman '66. You know, it's hard to get rid of a bomb. Just total goofy stuff. But sometimes because they do that, they end up having a quick scene where it's like Zari's being way too harsh. And Mona being, like, way too, way too open about her feeling. They're just saying subtext. They're turning subtext into text. And they're just rushing through it so that they can get to, like, the Bollywood number. And that I, that, that bothered me a little bit. Yeah. But I do like the goofiness of it. I guess what I meant is just, like, there's been other episodes that was, like, an E.T. Back to the Future reference. Mm-hmm. All the stuff, that Star Wars, all the stuff that just, like... It lined up with my specific fandom, and I loved it. And what I like about this episode is that it is lining up with someone's specific fandom. It's just not mine. Right. But that's okay. That's kind of cool. Because whoever that is, and I'm sure, like, if you're someone who in the chat who loves it, can you, like, tell us that this specifically, like, hit your hit your beats? And I think that's good. I think it's good to do that, to find like a weird niche audience sometimes. And yet you, the vibe you put out, at least to uh, to our lovely, lovely viewers who are joining us, uh, yeah. <laughs> is that this it would be an episode made just for you, Dave. Right. There's a question about what you're putting out in the world that people are going like, I think this it's is for because, Dave No, I think it's because the, the sexy everyone hooking up. And that's the stuff that I kind of liked. <laughs> I, I felt like it is for the shippers and, and everyone just having like... All of a sudden, it becoming an orgy. <laughs> After a while, I think they kind of know I'm I'm into that stuff. I guess, of course, yes. <laughs> you know. Uh, so this episode uh, picks up after what we saw at the end of, end of last week's episode. Uh, Hank Haywood, uh, tragically double crossed by his business partner Neuron, mm-hmm. has a soul sucked out of him, and now it is time to say goodbye. And yeah. so they have they're having a wake at Nate's house. Or at Hank's house, Nate, the rest of the extended family are all there. Yeah, he's trying to figure out how to talk about a dad who died. And, and having like... Yeah, and for he's... having conflicted feelings about it. Yeah, yeah, which is always interesting to... to I think it's something that there's a lot of 
game show. There's a lot of games. there's a lot of shows right How now. How do you feel about your <laughs> dad? dad? That's the best game show. What your conflicting sides of your dad? Pros and cons of a dad who's emotionally abusive. All right, on this. <laughs> but I feel like there's a lot of shows that are dealing with this. Uh, I actually think uh, I'm not going to talk about Game of Thrones on, on this episode, on this podcast. But Save like, it for the after show you're on. <laughs> Uh, But one thing is they're dealing with the same sort of stuff where people, if they have a conflicting, if they have a dad they've had trouble with, how do you feel about the loss of that dad? How do you feel about someone who's always been terrible to you or you're having a bad, you're having a bad time with them and you just had miscommunications with them? How do you share that? And then also finding out he's not the person you think he was. That's that's great stuff. All Mm -hmm. the seance, all the Hank stuff. I pretty much liked. Mm. Okay, we'll get to We'll my talk point. about yeah. the beef, but yes. like, I think we share the beef on this one. Ooh, I'll I'm, be excited. I'll be, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, all right. I almost feel like I want to write down my beef just to make sure <laughs> and just to see if our beefs compare when we both serve them up. Actually, do you want to do that? All do right, you want to okay, do that? Yes. Okay, I'm going right. to uh, give you a piece of paper. Oh, fantastic. And right. I'm going to write on, on this piece of okay. paper. This is exciting. This our little game with end and game game. What what are what probably the beef is? All right, and here we're we gonna go. See if it shares later, but All I right. won't see yes. what he's writing down. <laughs> um, <laughs> but okay, so we should talk about okay, okay. Now that you, you've written it, down. I've written it down right here. There we go. Okay, yes, okay. So, uh, what we get here at the, at the reception is, of course, we've got uh, a couple of people. And we have Ray kind of figuring out, like, how do I even hang out around Nate? Because yeah. it's, you know, my quasi-girl that I'm at least interested in. Yeah, is the girl the one that's, that's been crushing yeah. killed, killed Nate's dad. That's pretty bad. Yeah, poor Nora. Even though she didn't, but everybody thinks so. Yeah. I also love how soon as she says, no, I didn't. He's like, good! Yeah. All right. <laughs> like, no question. He doesn't even, like, doubt her at all. That's true. It's a very Ray move. And then we also have Zari uh, questioning her feelings. Yeah. And how she should approach that or not approach it when it comes to Nate. I have to say I like the Nate-Zari stuff. I feel like they've actually figured out how to do it. I was hesitant at first because I was worried it was going to feel like the Ray hot girl thing that was just a conflict that can be like resolved. But it felt like Nate has moved on from his previous relationship. Yes. And it feels like Zari is someone new and if that feels right. It actually and it also brings a lot more this was, this episode was great because it brought more to Zari. And every time they do have a Zari episode, I love it even more. Uh you know, I agree with you, but I also and I think sharing some of your viewpoints, I don't know if I I would have loved to have her get a focus that wasn't so maybe Bollywood oriented. Why? Just I, oof, I don't know when, when I get start the, when it starts the singing. Uh, you just don't like singing. You know, I don't mind singing. I just you know if it's it felt, good stuff, it kind of felt corny, right? It did. And, you know, it I felt, just, and that's the thing with that's why I couldn't quite get into it either. I recognize that people are going to love this, and I, I I don't think it's for us, and that's okay. I feel like you yeah. can watch something and recognize it's not for us, but it was <laughs> just. Bollywood, I always want to get into because I like dancing. I like musicals. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of musicals, and I like dancing and singing. But the stuff that comes out of Bollywood is just so, so on the nose and so like corny that I have a hard time getting into it. 
if you know good Bollywood stuff that you think I would get into, please tweet at me. Tweet at MR Dave Child because I want to find good Bollywood stuff. I want to find something I'll actually enjoy. And but this stuff it just feels it feels too corny. It feels like you're watching the worst romantic comedy but just add bad music on top of it. And I think maybe that is the difference because I think I could probably enjoy Bollywood with if it had great music and, and dance numbers. And yeah. for here, I thought like some of the group dancing and the choreography was was cool. I just don't know if I really dug the music. And if it had been like a if the song had been different or better or just something to me. Yeah, the dancing was good though. Yeah. I like the dancing. No, that that was that was impressive to see them pull off on kind put, of the large scale stuff. I want to put like good beat behind it. But <laughs> it was good. It was good dancing. Got that sick beat. Uh, people in the chat, uh, Ivan, of course, our friend Ivan says uh, this. I like too. This is a good point. This is kind of off the point, but a lot of people love the Bollywood number. A lot of people agree with you, Frank. And uh, and Ivan brings up the fact that he loves that Nate and Ray can say "I love you." We don't see a lot of men do that on shows. No, I, I definitely like that, and that even nice. <laughs> just the, and kiss the awkwardness of just like, yeah, I, I love you. I'm gonna just kiss your cheek too, right? That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've uh, my my male best friends. I always say I love you to them, like yeah. the ones that are super close to me and I've known for like over ten years. So. Wow. I'm I'm not gonna say it to you. Don't try to get it out of me, Dave. I you have to earn it, Frank. I you have to earn you, it, Frank. Dave, do you? I love you, Dave Child. I feel like it's not earned. I feel like you're forcing it. I don't have to you're force it. You're just hot girling me right now. No. No. You're just Ray and I'm your hot girl. I'm just a guy sitting across from a guy wanting to talk about his feelings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're doing it. And then we Bollywood dance. <laughs> so, uh, of course, we can't spend too much time in there because uh, we, we get Nora reaching out to uh, Ray through yeah. a through a, a, a mirror through a mirror uh, saying hey uh, you know what I, I it's not me it's not me I need a little bit of help yeah and then we also have some shenanigans happening back in the sense and sense and sensibility time in the early eighteen hundreds ah Jane Austen time so, yeah Jane Austen time I That's, wrote it down it was in bed it was bath bath, bath, bath yes bath. it was, was in bed, bed bath or beyond it That's was right. one of those uh, where we all of a sudden see like hey guess what uh, something's changing in that time period where all of a sudden now Jane Austen who is such an enormously uh, cultural influence and successful writer is yeah. no longer in play yeah so we got to go back have you ever been to Bath. Never been a bath. I've been to bath once. I've never, I've never taken a bath. Oh, I'm sorry, you're missing out. You get a mm. nice bath bomb. But uh, bath is a very cool place. Cool. Yeah. And there's a place there called Sally Lund's Buns. If you're ever there, fantastic cinnamon rolls. Are you a big, big Jane Austen fan? Is that why you went? No, I was just in the UK and I wanted to take a day trip. And a friend of mine, or, or no, I actually I said, not a friend, coworker, had said, you know, hey, you should go to bath and go to Sally Lund's Buns. And I was like, I'm down for that. That sounds cool. And it was cool. So yeah. there you go. But uh, they go to bath. They go to bath. They go to the wet. Well, first they run into the the coachman, the yes. sexy coachman, and uh, they have that nice little interaction where yeah. they suddenly become in a Jane Austen novel. That's true, and because we do find out just momentarily before that, at least on the Wave Rider, uh, uh, they were actually able to figure out that hey, wait, sorry, he's got feelings. Yeah, uh, for for Nate, thanks to Mona and her. Uh, acute sense of smell and pheromone sensing abilities there that she has. Yeah, smelling the pheromones. <laughs> I smell arousal. <laughs> what does arousal smell like? I don't know. Hmm. I'm guessing cinnamon. Really? A little oh. bit of cinnamon. Chartreuse. Uh, like a like a red hot. If you were just like like a bunch of red hots. 
Red hot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Like, come on. Burning with that red hot. Like rousal. a warm cider. Oh, that's nice. Really nicely spiced. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> By the way, I got some recommendations. Thank you, Jenna oh, James, right. for um, recommending Shock D. With the, I'm, not, I'm mispronouncing all of these. With the exclamation point. India Lagan, Rang de Basanti, and Swades. I don't think it's called Swades Dave. I think she then says, I recommend this, Dave. But if it's called Swades Dave, I'm definitely into it. <laughs> but a guy named Dave who just loves his suede He loves his suede. <laughs> I'm writing these down. All okay. right. I want to, I, I please, at least watch Swades. I want to <laughs> at least watch Swades. Yes. At the very least, Swades. Only because I want you to come back and like, you know, there was a lot less Swade in there than I than I thought there was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> at least I wanted at least a Patrick. <laughs> uh, so they head back there and they go to a wedding. And yeah. they see this is a very unconventional wedding because it ends up being like what you always see. Uh, you know, somebody like, stop. I can't. I have to admit uh, I'm in love with somebody else. And I'm in love with my my matron, scullery maid. My scullery maid, yes, who was a woman, and of course the the the, the groom is also interested in another woman as well. It's like they walked into Riverdale, and uh, yeah, and just uh, everybody's <laughs> just getting it on right there, getting it on. It's I uh, and that was great. That that was the type of stuff that I love, where it's just like, oh, they're not even trying to be realistic; they're trying to do this, and they're diving into it. And then when they find out. Who the who the villain was, or who not the villain, but who the like fugitive was? I was guessing that it was going to be the coachman because I was trying to think of who have we met. Yes, but I also love that she's like, "Oh, who are you?" And is like, "Oh, I'm I'm Kamadeva, uh, the god Hindu god of love." And then instantly she's like, "Cool," and then makes out with him. Yeah, and that was a way for her to trap him. But it was still it was still a nice turn. It's all. I really love the beginning of this episode because I just love that reaction of just like, cool, okay, and then make out, <laughs> and then tie him up, and he's like, I like her, yeah, yeah, that's like right. cool. I did get a little worried because I remembered, I remembered what the back. You have to remember where all these fugitives are coming from. They're fugitives from hell. They're fugitives from hell who went to hell in a, a prison in hell and escaped from there. So I was worried that they put a Hindu god in hell, and yeah. that felt wrong to me. So I was relieved when we found out he was a guy that just was using the Hindu god's powers. No, that's true. Because that means, like, oh, that's why he's been put in hell, because he's going around using all these powers for no good. So that made me feel better. I feel like they yeah. they almost, like, they either forgot the backstory or they tripped over something pretty offensive. <laughs> and, and I'm glad they backed out of it. Like, whoops. Whoopsies. <laughs> Uh, so we we do discover yes that he is a uh, using at least the uh, the the items and articles of the Hindu god of love to yeah. be able to kind of spread that I believe his cremated body yeah mm-hmm. is that what they basically said I think so yeah I mean you something know. about like something after after a fight with Shiva I think cremated him or something like that she, he's been using the ashes so when when they lick it. I was like, are they licking the yeah. ashes? They're again? just mainlining that stuff. I, I was I was expecting them to snort it. I, was, <laughs> I thought that was going to happen. And I was like, this is getting weird. <laughs> I also loved when he does use his like, powers to make everyone have like sex dreams and everything. Yes. I love uh, when Zari kind of looks at the camera and goes like, oh, this is definitely a dream. That's a that was a nice moment. Yeah. I like it when it's meta. I like it when it gets like, when it breaks out of the normal... Kind of CW 
TV show feel yeah. to it, you know? Well, it was interesting because, of course, Nora uh, stows away on the Wave Rider once everybody's left to kind of go back to the Jane Austen time. Yeah. And so Ray says, all right, hey, you can hang out here and hide away from everybody in my cabin while yeah. we sort this all out. And so they uh, end up sharing a bed at first. And then Ray's like, ah, no, this feels weird. Yeah, but it, I also like Nora's choice of, of bed uh, pajamas. Was just like the whole like that wasn't that wasn't her choice that was Ray's choice yeah because she's gonna keep it very I think Ray was like legitimately trying to give her something that she wouldn't look sexy in just very chaste yeah was trying to really kind of uh, cockblock himself yeah <laughs> I do like him hopping in that chair and normally like I just I <laughs> just falling asleep instantly I like that I'm gone yeah. I'm gone but of course then uh, those uh, the the desiccated remains. Of that Hindu got to love, yeah, flood in there, yeah, and yeah, uh, get them all aroused. Yeah, they get, and I guess that's a dream. Did they actually hook up? I, it seems like we find out because it seems we like find it, out afterwards it's yeah, a dream. Yeah, because you, it, it's almost made to seem like oh, this is really happening. Yeah, which I was curious as to why that didn't become well, because I guess everybody's sleeping, so that's why. Well, later, all, yeah, and later they said like, oh, I had a sexy dream about you, and yeah. they said in rhyme because clearly they can't sing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I assume if you'd been awake while that happened, then you probably would have acted on that. But as they were all sleeping, they just had yeah. these dreams. I kind of like that it wasn't, you know, giving them something. It was forcing them to, you know, um, do that's stuff. True. Yeah, you know, they they weren't quite <laughs> giving them a Mickey and, and hiding them on onto the rave rider. It was just merely lowering their inhibitions. Yeah, and giving them sex dreams is like a whole different thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, you I know, do wish we got a little bit of like we find out what Charlie's sex dream was was um, um, David Bowie afterwards. But when we when we go to each one and they all say like something that says a lot about their character, I think it shows that they need work with Charlie because it goes to Charlie. It goes like you get Ava, you get the growl, you get like all this stuff, and you get to kind of see what they're thinking and what they say, and gets to Charlie, and she's like. Ha-ha! That's it. Give yeah. us something a bit more. Give us. I still think think that uh, the writers, again, I'll, I'll reiterate what I said last week, is that the writers love the actress and yet don't have a really good character for this season. I also think they have like, uh, they like, they like cheeky punk British comedy. And that's kind of coming out of her. But not enough that it's not not enough of a character to really like claim it. Yeah, I mean, because you can be. I mean, Constantine is not. Constantine's like there too. So why do you need that? Yeah. Like it's, we needed something else. You have your cheeky guy already. You have your cheeky British punk guy. Like you don't need another one. <laughs> right. uh, side tangent there for Constantine and just his cheekiness. Yeah. Of course, we know we're on a TV show, and Constantine known for smoking uh, as a character in the comic books. Uh, but always a deal here when we see him on the show that I feel like him, we have seen him smoke before. I don't. I know we've seen him put out a cigarette. I don't know if we ever got a chance to see him light one up. But it's become like a real big running gag for a lot of the season where, where he, he puts it in, he's he about to go, and then Sarah just takes it and chucks it. I don't mind it. I don't mind that personally. I think it's a good way of winking at the camera, like having like okay, we obviously can't have see him smoke that much, but we we're establishing that's still part of his character. I get, yeah, yeah, I like it. But That's the type of stuff I like. But you see it almost every episode. And does that become still, does it diminish the bit? It doesn't diminish to me. It's just okay. like, and that's the running thing. It's not like this time I was like, oh, come on. They don't make a meal out of it. They just do a little like, boom, boom. 
They don't just throw. Yeah, yeah. They don't Whoa. go like, "Hey, what have I told you about smoking in the wave rider?" These are all the reasons. You don't. You don't quite get that. I would like the next episode just to be breaking that down. Why there's breaking the, down the, the, the no smoking with... policy? Yep, on the wave rider. Why you, it's in can place? Can you vape? Can you vape? <laughs> can you vape through time? That's what I want to know. What would you think if you saw Constantine and said, like, "All right, I'll start vaping," Sarah, and he starts vaping? Would you think so much less of him? Yes, <laughs> vaping looks a lot less cool than smoking. I'm sorry, kids. It's just true. What if he? What if he starts to, when he's casting these spells? He's doing it with vape, and he does all those tricks. Yes. He's doing like the dragon and the like. And the little circles and yeah, stuff. It's we, like, ugh. He's, he has the Doctor Strange hands, but using <laughs> vape smoke. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, folks, you know, before we get to our next topic, uh, we just want to say a quick thank you for uh, watching here, watching us here on AfterBuzz and helping us become the ESPN at TV Talk. And Dave and I really appreciate you folks watching us every single week. We love you for it. Yeah, we absolutely. I love you. And there's so many other shows that we that uh, that perform here, or that broadcast here, covering many of your favorite TV shows, breaking down movies on on Popcorn Talk, uh, Book Circle Online. If you love books, we've got that as well. BHL, uh, if you love the programming there. But we're also asking if uh, for a little bit of help. So uh, wherever you're watching, whether it's uh, watching us streaming on YouTube or you're listening to us on iTunes as a podcast, perhaps you're in Bath, England, or simply in the bath. Absolutely. No matter where you are, uh, get involved in the conversation. You know, like us on, uh, you know, like and subscribe to us on on the YouTube. Give us those five star ratings on iTunes, and uh, leave a comment because I know Dave Child eating it up right here. Being I'm able loving to see it. this stuff in the chat. I'm loving it. Jenna James says they felt like they were trying supernatural American gods type stuff this episode. I think that's true. It did remind me a lot about supernatural, and I think just the uh, I was getting American gods vibes too, but I think that's because the the um uh the hindu god the uh kamadeva felt like felt like the jinn from the first season of american gods I, who i think he's in the second season but i haven't caught up yet on that see those are the kind of comments that you can leave and get involved in the conversation yeah. so folks continue to enjoy all our shows and uh letting us do what we love thanks so much we love you and absolutely <laughs> so uh, we see, uh, of course, as Nate's trying to figure out what he's going to say to his dad. Yeah, that uh, Constantine, his spidey senses are tingling, or mm-hmm. his spooky senses, I should say, spooky sense. And he realizes, like, hey, there seems to be a lot of kind of uh, energy around here. I don't think everything's at rest. Mm-hmm. I think our, uh, I think our boy Hank is still around here, haunting him. Yeah. Now, were you surprised they weren't able to get Hank back alive? I, you know. I am. Given like what we talked about last week, I really thought that Hank would get brought back to life. Come back. Yeah. yeah. Or at least he would be held in some kind of stasis or something. I was kind of hoping they were going to get uh, a ghost Hank as part of the team. I know we talked about that. Yeah. Uh, but it just seems by the end of this episode, it doesn't seem to be. Yeah. Which is kind of disappointing. I mean, especially given how much the writers had praised how they loved Tom Wilson. I guess it's because, like, oh, we just don't want to make him a bad guy. We so want to make him. If that's the case, then you'd rather just kill him off. Yeah, I don't know weird, what that right? gains you, other than like uh, one like small emotional beat with Nate. But then, what does it gain you for the rest of the? Maybe he'll of the still come back as a goat. That's the only thing I could think of. But it kind of feels like this was his last. Like, oh, let me tell Constantine what's going on, and then I'm going to go. Uh, if this was indeed the last time that you see Hank uh, Hank Haywood, Tom Wilson, mm-hmm. are you satisfied with this ending? 
No. no I'm no, not. But at the same time, it's a time-traveling show. Who knows? This could be something where, like, he, they redo something, comes back from the... It's a time-traveling show involving spooky doings. So, like, anything could bring him back, and it might not be the end of him. I would hope not, especially given... Yeah. If they loved him so much, they would want him around. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. But, of course, uh, uh, we get to find uh, this uh, <laughs> this hot... I'm going to just get to right now. My beef. My beef. Oh, do you want to find out? Do we want to say oh, what the beef is? Oh, yes. Are? All right. Okay. Could, we're going to talk about our beef. And, I, be- and I think we're going to be safe. Can we show at the same time? All right. Here what we go. Beefs are? One, two, three. Ah, Haywood. We both wrote down Haywood. There you go. Hey, Wood. Hey, I knew we were going to share this because, like, I think it's because I'm curious if I would feel the same if you didn't tell me that about the whole, like, them trying to, you know, make him better and make him, like, a good guy. Mm -hmm. It felt really just shoehorned in. (laughs) It did. It felt like it was, he's been trying to build a Disneyland with these mythical creatures the entire time. That was his plan? Uh, What? This seemed bonkers to me. And it starts off at the beginning where Hank, uh, Nate's mom asks uh, Nate say, to say something nice about Hank. And he's struggling because he's been having these conflicting feelings about what he yeah. thinks his dad, his dad has been involved in as opposed to the dad he was starting to get to know better once he started being yeah. with the Time Bureau. So he kind of passes the buck and says, oh, yeah, he was a workaholic. And so then Nate's mom gets up and shares this this story about... Uh, Him disguising himself as Mickey Mouse. Yes. T- which I actually liked. Even, yes. Even though I actually thought that was like a nice story. It actually reminded me of some of the stories I would hear after my own dad passed away. Ooh, serious. But I, we would find out stuff about that, like, you know, little tricks that he would do that we didn't know about, and you would find out different stuff about your dad. So that really hit home mm-hmm. for me. But, you know, it, when I found my dad's secret lair after he died, uh, it didn't look like that. And he didn't. He had a whole different theme, theme park <laughs> plan, and it was very dark, it turns Oof. out. And, you know, all those bodies I found. Uh, that's a whole other thing, though. Oh, man. But We're sticking on this <laughs> <laughs> Scratch the rest of the show. We're diving in. No, 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 no. We don't have to talk about it. We don't have to talk about it. I'm... What did you see? <laughs> uh, so <laughs> there you go. Uh, so he goes down. He find, He pulls a Disneyland book back, and he says, "Oh my gosh, it activates a secret panel." Yeah. And he goes into what looks like you know a nice like uh, warm family Brady Bunch esque kind of basement, mm-hmm. and he sees a camcorder there, and he plays it, and on the screen. Comes our boy Hank Haywood. Hey world, this was First so thing he bonkers. Says, hey world, oh. and he's doing this weird, and it's, and then he announces that he's based off a childhood drawing Nate drew, and I guess it's supposed to feel like oh we always thought of Nate. It just felt really out of nowhere. It felt like they really forced it in. If they had set up something before, he was always. It felt like they were writing a guy who's just a workaholic job guy, mm-hmm. and he wasn't he wasn't gathering mythical creatures in order to do this. Like what? No way. No way. At least it didn't it, it say that the real reason is that based off a childhood drawing of his son, he wanted to build a theme park that could bring the world together. But also, like what made more sense? What was even weirder is we just heard in the previous scene he told Constantine. Oh, I got tricked into doing this because it was just never-ending funding. 
I was able mm-hmm. to do whatever I want with like a time traveling bureau as long as I brought in mythical creatures. So that felt a good enough reason for him to be focused on these like and bringing together this mythical creatures yeah. to put <laughs> to put on ah but really he had his own plans for those mythical creatures. And, and well, it was a, it was his own Disney World. But what was he going to train them to do? We never. I would love to have just seen any of uh, if Hank had had videos of him trying to train or instructing people how he wanted to train them. I want you to train them so that as they uh, as guests come into the park, can they not eat children? <laughs> That's the one thing I want to make sure that they don't eat children. Also, it would be horrific park because they would just be. It would be a zoo, but mythical creatures. It would be like a tied-up unicorn mm-hmm. that people are looking at. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be... The beauty about Disneyland and Disney World is everything is fabricated. If you put real living creatures in there, it gets kind of... It becomes a zoo, and sometimes zoos are sad. So, But I also feel like if I were Nate, and I saw that, and my father saying that this was his plan all along, I would, after that video had stopped, I would legitimately say... My dad is insane. Who is this guy? What is going on? This is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Nate to go like, oh, man. Oh, he really was a good guy. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. I, it was <laughs> just like, oh, my. He was doing drugs? He was doing a lot of drugs. That's what he found. I. It was such a weird, unnecessary revelation that it's like, please don't ever, don't don't show me this. Yeah. I also have a question about why, <laughs> after all these years, uh, Nate still has a poster that just says Miami Beach <laughs> in his bedroom. Just says Miami Beach with sexy lady. Because that's Nate. He loves sexy ladies and Miami Beach. That's all he needs. That's all he needs. I I really would have loved to see what Hank's pitch was going to be. So he's training all these people, but then at some point he's going to have to show this uh, this business model to maybe potential investors or at least the public. Mm-hmm. I, why were you? I I just do not see at all any of this coming through. Hey like, man, why were you, you just don't have the vision. He was going right. to bring this on Shark Tank. <laughs> he was going to say, "Hey sharks, here's my listen copay. to this." <laughs> yeah, have you heard of a copay? Let me tell you what a copay is. We would have unicorns, but there turns out to be the most dangerous creatures of all. <laughs> uh, so we do get to see uh, Constantine pull the sands, and he uses yeah. Mick, uh, who just sits there and he's looking at some magazine up in the attic, and he just uses that while he's just sitting there distracted by this magazine just to draw all the mystical symbols around. But doesn't him, that which feel great. right? It does. It doesn't. That, I mean, that was fine with me. And also, we get to see the uh we get to see Rory like become like the other character I kind of liked it do you think he really I mean you know Dominic Purcell he's always fun to watch yeah but, uh, I don't think he really embodied I mean well it's not because I think like Tom Wilson has such a great I don't physicality. Know, I saw it in the eyes man I saw it in the eyes. <laughs> uh if he'd somebody that had like a really uh recognizable kind of Expressions or gestures, but I never saw any of that. In when, when he Mick's did his voice it. really well, though. <laughs> oh, his yeah, voice true. was spot on. It sounded on. just like him. Uh, did you want that, or did you? Because, <laughs> or, or do you wanted him at least Dominic to like alter his voice enough where it felt like, oh, he's trying to talk like Tom Wilson. Oh, I didn't care, man. I didn't. <laughs> it was fine. Mm-hmm. I would rather have a ghost tank because I think ghost tank is. More fun. I, I don't know why they didn't go that route. Or well, at least... it's because they wanted everyone to have a role. 
I, I think Dominic would have been fine. Just you know, uh, you could have had at least the ghost hand kind of hovering around him. Yeah, it would have been nice if he got very Ghostbusters with it after, as soon as like Ghost Hank showed up or something. Uh, but it does bring us down to the end of the episode where Constantine is just sitting up in that attic, just boozing away. People are very mad at you, Frank. For what? <laughs> I mean, I mean, well, You're just grumpy. I am grumpy, but come on, guys. <laughs> I mean, he was going to... I say that, but it's just one person. Uh, you made a video where he was going <laughs> to... He, he was like, hey, uh, I'm a drawing that my son made. And I'm going to do this. Oh, I, it's okay, I, Frank. I'm I'm legitimately running a government organization, uh, but only for the purpose of trying to build a ridiculous theme park to yeah. uh, make my son's vision of the world come true. Yeah, it's All okay, right. Frank. I sure. still like you. Can you imagine like the Senate hearings that would be involved with that? Like you, what were you doing with using the government's time and money? Don't think about Senate hearings, man. <laughs> it's a fun show. We got to think about the real world. Just go with the silly show. So, uh, so we have that happening at the end. We get to see Constantine come mirror to face with uh, Desmond, who yeah. then says, "Hey, you know who I really am," and he shows that that beehive that face. Beehive face. <laughs> oh, uh, neuron. <clears throat> yes. So great. Yeah. Now they know. I yeah. I bad guys closing in. I guess. I I really do feel like the lack of urgency. In this this season, I mean, I always felt like in like even season two and season 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 three, you were feeling the urgency ramp up. I think there's cool episodes that are popping up, and I yes. feel like next week is going to be a good one. It should be a nice, yeah, definitely yeah. a nice change of from pace the episode. from the next week on. looks looks pretty good, but it just it feels like with even with these. I mean, I like the idea, like you know, the 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 premise of the season is we have to hunt these hunt these mystical creatures. Return them back to hell or wherever they're in prison. We got to just get them out from ruining time. But you feel like the the urgency would kind of ramp up, and so it's like, guys, this is getting bonkers and crazier, and things are, and that's not happening at all this season. By the way, can you imagine buying a shirt that just said Emma on it? (laughs) Just (laughs) yeah, it meant like at one point in that timeline, she bought a shirt that just said Emma, just right on her belly. Do you think Hank Haywood envisioned himself as like a modern day Walt Disney? Where yes, it, yep, he, that's exactly what you didn't realize that. So he how just, more explicit well, can no, they do? But do you just see him right there? He would build a little statue of himself holding like a like a young copay. Yeah, <laughs> right yeah, there, man. just kind of pointing off, pointing off. Yeah, <laughs> Perfect. that's exactly. He wanted to be Disney. He oh. wanted to be Walt Disney. Oh boy, oh baby, oh baby. <laughs> all right, don't forget, it all started with a copay. It all started with a copay and a dream. <laughs> So we get back into the Jane Austen time here, and we do get to see that the uh, our boy, the Hindu guy, yeah, has uh, said like, "Hey, you know, Zara, you gotta, you know, you gotta feel stuff. You can't be so closed off. You gotta feel love and feel all these possibilities in life. Yeah, Open, expose yourself to it." Uh, and so she mainlines it. She gets involved. She does her singing and dancing, and she's uh, like, "Hey, uh, you know what? Let's get married. Let's just do it." Yeah, and uh, it's up to Mona to kind of to kind of rein her in. Yeah, uh, sidebar on Mona. Man, that transformation still is just... I, I have to admit, I really think they should have skipped seeing the transformation this time. Backwards and forwards. Yes. It was a little bit of an odd choice. I feel like they could have had a lot more fun hiding that shark this time around. Yeah. Which is, you know, well, okay. It's And then she confronts Jane Austen 
That's how Jane Austen became a uh, horror writer. <laughs> yes, and she started writing horror right after <laughs> yeah. that. That's right. I've seen this uh, this wolf woman just you know totally transform and revert yeah. back in front of her. I mean, the overall idea that with Jane Austen, where you know where everything gets accelerated, like societal norms get changed and challenged, yeah, and uh, much sooner than they would in, in our time. Uh, it takes somebody like Jane Austen, who was a uh, a great uh, commentator of social norms right. and, and societal norms. And all of a sudden you remove that, and she's like, well, what do I have to say anymore? I think that's a good idea. Yeah. That was a good point. And as soon as you made everyone, like, saying what they're feeling, it's it's the, the drama's gone. Mm-hmm. Which is ironic, because that's the problem with this episode, too. Is <laughs> because everyone just said what they were feeling, and all the, the, the subtext became text. But, you know, just, it's mostly that, that Mona versus uh, Zari scene. It felt like if they were under the influence of something that was making them be a bit too honest to one another, like the honesty bug from the mm-hmm. last one, but I didn't feel like they really were under the influence that time, and they just felt like they were mean to one another. Like, you don't say to someone who's mourning the loss of a loved one, romance doesn't exist. Like, there's yeah. just no reason to say that. You would believe it, but you wouldn't say it out loud. So you would just be like... I know you're going through a hard time, and I understand where you're coming from. It's just not for me. You know, something like that. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, but uh, Mona was able to talk some sense into her yeah. uh, long enough to realize, like, whoa, wait, I'd, I'd end up being your thousand and first wife? Forget this. I'm out of here. Yeah. And I still, I like that the Hindu guy, he pretty much, he, he puts no fight up at the end. We had uh, Charlie and Sarah kind of escorting him off, and he's just like, yeah, well, all right. Yeah, I mean, what are you gonna do? He's living a charmed life. Yeah. <laughs> a thousand, a thousand wives. You know. Yeah, uh, but for I mean, because if you take away that uh, the amulet or whatever that he's using, he's pretty much just. Well, he has been mainlining a god for a thousand years. I guess so. So I wouldn't be surprised if he has some residual effects from that. Uh, folks, as we're getting ready to wrap up, though, I guess we should probably should do some uh, predictions. <laughs> Well, we're going to have some uh, Ava. Still going. Yeah. <laughs> Ava Lance go, coming back. That's true. And a nice kind of like like spending a, a night in Ikea and you can't escape. Yeah, I think this looks like a good episode. This reminds me of the episodes they've done before, like the, the ones that are kind of bottle episodes-ish. Where they focus on one kind of uh, quirk, like living the same groundhogging over and over again that Zari did, or or the uh, or the Constantine episode where they kept changing time and then having to redo it. I think that it feels like another episode like that, except they're focusing on her purgatory somehow, and she's stuck in a place that they're trying to get her out of. You know, it's like I guess they only have like five episodes left this season, and yeah. I. I don't. I, I have to admit, I'm, I'm of two minds. Like, one, I'm not feeling like, oh man, are they going to be able to wrap this up in time? Because I also feel like they all, really all haven't they have to do is kill Neuron, yeah. and they're just going to confront Neuron. For me, it's not. It's not about the season arc this time around. I'm looking for the gems of an episode, so I'm really happy that they're doing this. I feel like this is going to be like a little nummy num. Oh. I want a little nummy num num num. A nice little like treat. I want a nice little treat. Ooh. And this episode was a treat. For the right person. And I feel like next next week's might be my treat. Oh, so everybody in the chat, a week too early. 
Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Uh, all right, so Dave Child, mm-hmm. as our resident uh, love guru. Yes, of course. Uh, with five episodes left, when do you think that Nate and Zari will share their first kiss? It's a good question. I, it's not going to be next episode. Next episode's all going to be Ava Lance. But I think... Avalanche. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, but I think after that, it's going to be five episodes left. There's five episodes. I think it might be either in two or three more episodes. I think maybe three. All right. I don't think it's going to wait until the end of the season. I think they're gonna they're gonna come together, but then it's gonna be a threat. I I like I like where you're going there, Dave. Yeah. I, I I would go with a three episode prediction myself. Yeah. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've done it once again. I mean, I know you thought it was impossible. Like, how can they keep delivering you? We did it. This high quality content every single week, oh, and, and we've loved it. you love it every single time. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for the Legends of Tomorrow After Show. As always, like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and thank you everybody for hopping in the chat. I know Dave Childs enjoy reading all your thoughts. He's probably going to read them back when he gets at home. The nice. Nice warm glass of milk. I'm going to get into a bath. Oh, look at that. just think about it. All right. That sounds like a treat for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And if you want to stay in touch with any of us even after the show's over, Dave Child, where do they find you? Oh, you can find me at MRDaveChild on the Twitter and the Instagram and DaveChild.com. And tomorrow, I think we'll be posting a brand new Liquid Feet dance. So follow me on the Twitter to see it'll be a pretty one. I like how it's shot. So, see me dance tomorrow. Dave? Yes, Ryan? Where can people find you. you? I love you, Dave. That's nice. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jackie. Folks, it's going to do it for this episode of The Legends of... La, 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 see, I'm so heartbroken. Of The Legends of Tomorrow After Show. We're going to be back here next Monday night with an all-new episode right here on AfterBuzz TV. Thanks for watching. I love you. I love you. No view. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 